50 Eldrazi, let's go. 50 Eldrazi, you heard it. Right there. John 50 Eldrazi. <laughs> Obviously. So, how's Ooh. everyone doing? <coughs> That's not oh, it. Sounds like doing okay. dying. Um, it so sounds like Kayla's <laughs> dying. <laughs> no. What? I had a cough this week. A cough? Oh no. Yeah. No. Uh oh. Yeah, I've been having some coughing fits when I try to sleep. When I lay down. Hmm. Hmm. My poor dog. She hates open? it. No, it gets too cold. Hmm. Well, but my dog. She hates it. Every time I cough, <laughs> she leaps off the bed. Oh. That's oh no. Well, she has a pop. She, she doesn't know out. what's going on. <laughs> yeah, try to calm her down. Like it's okay. <laughs> you don't have to get off the bed every time I cough. Can you guys hear me crunching? <laughs> no. Okay. Good. Uh, Do we hear you crunching? Picking up. Yeah, because uh, I got really hard bread, and I don't want to pick have to pick up. <laughs> It's like uh, on the verge of probably should throw this away kind of bread. Also, oh, I'm wearing goody. good old purple Planeswalker symbol today. Ooh, nice. It's very Liliana of you. <laughs> very Liliana. Even though I'm not playing black today. <laughs> oh. Um, but without further ado, um, sorry everybody. Uh, we've had some technical difficulties of as of late and unfortunately that's caused some of our um recordings to go haywire we had half an episode recorded and found out that my computer decided only to record my mic so i didn't want to post a video with only me talking to myself for about 30 minutes so <laughs> And we didn't have enough time to record another one that day, so this is super delicious. That sounds like a very interesting <laughs> podcast in itself. <laughs> yeah, that would have been really awkward. <laughs> so I'm sparing all of you that uh oh, yeah, basically <laughs> that torture. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say, so basically it's all Chris's fault. Yeah. This uh fifteen hundred dollar laptop clearly is showing its age being four years old now so oh, oh dang but uh it's, a <laughs> it's only a baby you should you should you should see my <laughs> nine-year-old laptop here yeah wow. don't talk to me or jonathan chris <laughs> hey i i still have you you've laptop. got a baby excuse me <laughs> hey i still have my college computer it still turns on I just use it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, my desktop doesn't boot anymore. Oh. I built my own custom PC back in like 2011 or something like that. Oh yeah. dang! And just just last fall, it stopped booting. Oh, no good. No, no bueno. All right. All right. Definitely got my money's worth out of that one. That lasts me a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Custom builds are definitely a good thing. 
But without further ado, um, this, I don't remember what, oh my gosh, I don't even remember what episode this is. I think it's 18 or 17. I apologize. It's been a long month trying to get this darn episode done. <laughs> the yeah. duality of the aberrant apparently has been quite a to get it recorded correctly. <laughs> it True. Just, mm-hmm. I guess the nature of my podcast doesn't want this to happen, so... <laughs> um, oh. So, we're going to start from scratch. Um, so, let's get some introductions going. Who do we have with us today on Made in EDH? A guy eating pizza? <laughs> Jonathan here. <laughs> Kayla. And Chris, I'm also eating bread, so I apologize. It's a little stale. You might hear a couple of crunches occasionally. I apologize. I can't hear myself, so. <laughs> but then again, we don't have a comment section, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, last week we kind of started with a some juicy starters and i think uh maybe we want to mix it up or who wants to take the floor for the first of the enemy colors oh he's pointing at kayla kayla you gotta go <laughs> kayla oh my goodness uh, no point at him who who are well, you pointing at? Well, so you're you're pointing down, yeah, and then that's that's where you're uh. <laughs> uh, if you're pointing at me, let's uh. Let's go ahead and uh. Oh, what color shall we start off with, or color pairing? Um, you know what? Let's let's go ahead and go with Boros. Uh, that is the red-white pairing. Um, looking at this pairing, recently it's gotten gotten a whole bunch of uh, spirit tribal stuff going on and some nice uh, recursion. Um, however, it's basically been made usually to be a, a aggro equipment deck. Um... One uh, one card that I like in here in a uh, particular, uh, it is Deflecting Palm. It has been my favorite Boros card ever since. From, uh, it is uh, here. That's from uh, it is Cons yeah. of Tarkir. Yeah, it's from Cons. That's uh, it is. It is an instant uh, white red, and. Uh, if my computer wants, if my nine-year-old computer wants to cooperate, um, you know what? Have you tried using water? <laughs> Have I tried using water? My goodness. Okay, here it is. So one red, one white, in for an instant. Uh, the next time a source of your choice would deal damage to you this turn, prevent that damage. If damage is prevented this way, Deflecting Palm deals that much damage to that source's controller. So this is a really big counter to somebody swinging in with a giant commander or whatnot. Uh, it does not deal commander damage, because that's that choice. But 
The one thing that I do like about this spell is that it does not target, so it gets around Hexproof and Shroud. This is true. And War does, well. does it get around land destruction? Um, land, it, or it's only deals with, uh, damage, so whenever something damage. deals damage to you, you can prevent that, uh, source of damage. So if somebody swings at you with a really big creature, like, a twenty twenty, you can prevent that damage, and then deflecting palm deals that much damage to that source's controller. Oh, I was just thinking if you had no land, you couldn't cast it. Well, you have to have mana in order to cast it. One red, one white. But... It's still a pretty good card, in my opinion, if not one of the best Boros cards ever. Hmm. That's a very hard point to push, saying that that's one of the best Boros cards. I guess... I kind of agree, though. It's really good. <laughs> it is. It is really good. It is really good. I might be exaggerating, but it's still amazing. Yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I have a deflecting palm as well. That's a pretty solid card. Nice. It's a very nice. gotcha card. It kind of reminds me of some of the like the old instants from White that used to wa they used to have. Uh, yeah. You know, I was gonna pick the one I was going to, but after your pick, I'm gonna bring up an old school card. Uh, who wants to go next? Oh. Kayla, who you're volunteered. <laughs> you're volunteered. Oh, Here we go. <laughs> okay. Um. Let me look it up. So, one of my favorite Boros cards is Outlaws Merriment. Ooh. Oh. Um, it's an enchantment. You pay one colorless, one red, two white. At the beginning of your upkeep, choose one at random. Create a red and white creature token with these characteristics. A 3-1 human warrior with trample and haste. A 2-1 human cleric with lifelink and haste. A 1-2 human rogue with haste, and when it, this creature enters the battlefield, it deals 1 damage to any target. Defin um, definitely a, a card I like to run in any or in my humans, just more or less yeah. focusing more on human tokens than anything else. But the good thing about that one is that everything on that card has hate, or every creature that it makes has haste, and that's the one important thing. I hate yeah. this card in standard. It was so oh, you hated my irritating. Deck in standard. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was so hard to deal with, um, but... When that was also during the era where I had my Esper enchantment control deck that ended up dealing with it, so I didn't mind it as much, but that was like the only deck at the time I had that could deal with it. My Dance of the Maws Esper deck. <laughs> that was fun with Aelia. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking that Alia was considered standard, so you could actually play her, and that was that was bonkers. 
Just playing mm-hmm. like cheap artifacts, cheap enchantments, and just get value out of everything. And then once those things are done and the value is gone, you just dance the mass, um, everything back, and boom. Was <laughs> good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian, what interesting Boros card do you have? Irelis, God of Victory. He's a uh, 7-4 indestructible legendary enchantment creature god. He costs two colorless, a red, and a white. Um, He's indestructible. As long as your devotion to red and white is less than 7, Irelis isn't a creature. Um, But when he's in play, creatures you control have menace and prevent all damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures you control. I... I looked at that card and I was like, wow, that's really good. I mean, for four mana, that's definitely playable. And to have menace on all your creatures and it prevents damage when they're attacking. Yeah, I like it. Definitely a Boros card, just if if anyone would be able to pick out definitely what Boros is. This card is pretty much what Boros is in a nutshell. I'm kind True. of surprised at the menace attribute. I don't really see that as a red or white. I mean, it's not so much, so much red. Menace is definitely red. If yeah. yeah. Not black, because I know black has some menace, but menace definitely is a lot, or has a lot of uh. There's older. Has a lot of uh, cards. Yeah, has a lot of. Yeah, it is on a lot of red cards, yeah. Yeah, when I think Menace, I think uh, Rakdos. Yeah. Yeah. They kind this of put that uh, Bonder in there with the Menace. <laughs> Menace. Uh-huh. <Yes. laughs> um, but, like, when I think of, like, old school Menace, I think of, like, Goblin War Drums. It's a mono-red enchantment. So, it's been, mm. like, it's been, like, a red thing. Uh, over the years, because uh, we also had that red sliver that gave all your slivers menace. It was the two-headed sliver. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, hmm. <sighs> so, Jonathan, I want you to Incredible. try to guess which older set this card is from. Um, is it from Cons? No, it's old. It's, it's old. Gold. It's gold bordered. Ooh. Well, um, oh, I I would not. Here, I'll, I'll I'll just try to show you the art. I do not recognize that at all. It's a Boros card. It is a Boros card. But it's a very old gold border. Very Um, old gold border, indeed. And um, just because I want to give you another example of uh, Deflecting Palm's older... Less play... Counterpart? Counterpart. (laughs) My wife plays this one. Um, I showed her this card and she was like, I want to play it. (laughs) And she put it in her deck. (laughs) Uh, The card is called Reflect Damage. Three colorless, a Mm -hmm. red, and a white. Instant. 
redirect all damage dealt by any one source to that source's controller. So, so this <laughs> for three colorless more, essentially, you can kill somebody with somebody's commander when they're swinging in at ya. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a very big gotcha damage card. Can you imagine yeah, that? That's a big gotcha. That is a nice card. Could you imagine being a Boros player holding up five mana and someone swings at you with a blight steel and you reflect the infect in their face? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, and it's only $2. It's a playable card. Like It is definitely playable, for sure. Budget. Yeah. Budget. It's good. You get budget. budget on in there. It's a little expensive for budget, but... Well, yeah. <laughs> but still really it's good. Still $2. Is it a... It's a rare. No, it's, it's a... Okay. It's a rare. I, I guess it's bulk rare for people who are bulking things out, but... Did I you was, look at the set? I was wondering if it was a reserve list or not. Uh, it hasn't seen a reprint. So... It hasn't seen a reprint. I'm seeing $7, but... Well, that's... Well, I could be using a different thing, but that's funny if it's gone up to seven dollars. <laughs> but it's a great yeah. Listed median on TCG player is six ninety seven. Holy crackers! Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Moderately played. There's a three dollar version, but. That's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. So, what do we think of Boros overall? Like, threat assessment-wise, on the table, you see a Boros player. Does it matter which commander they're running that makes you concerned, or should you always be concerned about the Boros player? You should always expect at least some sort of aggro. It's definitely either equipments or basically big creature recursion or whatnot and de there's definitely an aggro uh play style within boros and you just need to keep that in mind when playing against a boros player and a lot of combat tricks yeah yeah i think it for me to really focus out a Boros player, it really will have to depend on their commander, I think, for me. Because if it's like uh, Valamachus, you know, the Elder Dragon that's like 7 mana, I'm not going to worry about that deck early on. I'll watch yeah. it later, but I'm going to look at the other fast decks and keep an eye on them. Well, I mean, if they're running Boros combo with things like Cold the Forge Master or whatnot, that's another thing that has recently been popped up, but... Yeah, so, like, obviously combo potential decks are 100%. You gotta keep a close eye on it and be like, hmm... 
Yeah, you can definitely <laughs> tell with their commander if it's a combo piece or not, because it's... And there's definitely some really interesting things going on with their commander if they're playing something along the lines of Cole or whatnot. Yeah. Hmm. Of course, the, like, one thing that picks up on the mic is me sipping my beer. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't chewing oh, my goodness. bread. No, it's me sipping on the beer. Of course. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it? <laughs> I just heard the noise, and I was like... <laughs> All right. So, anybody else have anything else they want to touch up on Boris before we move on? Nope. Wow. Where's, where's the Boros love? Is, does nobody <laughs> here like Boros? I mean, I, okay. I definitely like Boros every now and again. It definitely gets a little too repetitive. Yeah, I think if you True. just added blue or black to it, it gets a lot better. Yes, God, I love Add in that blue. Changes the game. Yeah, Changes even Naya is pretty flavorful and fun. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. I've always struggled with Boros decks, but... The last time we played Commander and I played Boros, that was fun. I actually enjoyed that <laughs> deck a lot. Uh, uh. Having three Commanders because of uh, Companion is always entertaining. It definitely is. Hilarious. <laughs> okay, so Jonathan started with Boros. Who's next? Jonathan, you get to pick. Uh, Kayla, what do you want to get get with next? Uh, you know I gotta go Golgari. Wither Blue. Oh, alright. Fair enough. Girl. You do love your Golgari. <laughs> so, I'm gonna go with Skullbriar, Walking Grave. It is one black, one green, legendary zombie elemental. And it's a 1-1 one, one with haste. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Counters remain on Skullbriar as it moves into any zone other than the player's hand or library. Skullbriar is definitely a, a, a nice commander card for sure. And just move, move it wherever uh, counters... Uh, stay with it as well. I like it. It's a vampire. What? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, when it deals damage, it grows. Yeah. True. It's like a. It goes. It's like a slith too. I think it oh, goes yeah. really well uh, with wither, and it's in the right color for wither as well. And mm -hmm. in fact. Mm -hmm. Yep, and in fact. And in fact. Those 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 big colors were in fact. <laughs> uh. All right, Ian. What's your favorite green black card? Uh, honestly, I haven't played a lot of Golgaria before, but um, 
There are some fun cards in this color. Let me think of the card that caught my interest here. Hold on. Uh, if any of you have any off the top of your head, go for it, but I'll, I'll get back to you. Okay, I'll jump on. Um, I gotta mention my favorite Galgari card. Thank you, War of the Spark. You gave Galgari a great sorcery. Um, and this has to be Jonathan's favorite moment when I cast this. Oh. Two colorless, double black, double green. <laughs> Uh, casual um, ties of war. Yeah, See, there's, there's, it's a, it's a good card, but you it have to play card. it like you're not doing anything. Be like, I'm just gonna be playing this casual ties of war. There's nothing <laughs> casual about war ties, Chris. You know this. <laughs> um, this, this is a sorcery. Choose one or more. Destroy target artifact, target creature, target enchantment, target land, and target planeswalker. I didn't mean to say and there, um, but that was the last one. Uh, you can choose any of these modes and cast it. Um, it's kind of like Decimate, but better, because Decimate, you have to have every permanent type in play to cast it. Casualties of War doesn't. You can just be like, well, I don't like that enchantment. You don't get a land. Also, goodbye to Furry. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, there's, it's, it's a really good removal. It is really good removal. I mean, yes, it is six mana. It definitely is, but green definitely helps in the case of that. Speaking that, of course, it's Golgari. There's you. You can't get around, or you can't be making a green deck without ramp. Sure, you can. It's just really miserable, like standard was really before uh, uh, <laughs> when the. When the D and set, the D and D set hit, we lost oh, like all of our good ramp and standard. <laughs> oh, that's right. So it made it Does a that little rough. Counted as a uh, a uh, a a magic core set. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Universes Beyond, I think, is going to be considered that next year. I think that one's also kind of like a weird unset, but... Yeah, anyway. the un there's an unset, but Universes Beyond is just something different, I yeah. believe. Yeah. All those secret layer cards and whatnot, I believe it was the uh, Jumpstart that was going to replace the core sets. That would be nice. Mm. I like Jumpstart. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, Ian. I got, I got a, I got a Golgari card. Share the sauce. What? Share the sauce. Share the sauce. Okay. Um. So my Golgari card is a double-faced card. Uh, Valentin, Dean of the Vein, and on the back it's Lizette, Dean of the Root. Um. So Valentin, he is a mono black. He is a 1-1 one, one for one black mana. 
He has Menace Life Blink. He has a legendary Vampire Warlock. Um, if a non-token creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. When you do, you may pay two colorless. If you do, create a 1-1 black and green pest creature token with when this creature dies, you gain one life. Really solid for one black mana. Now, on the back side, this is the, the one I like. This one's juicy. Uh, Lizette Dina the Root. She is a legendary human druid for 4-4. Four, four. Uh, she costs two green and two colorless. Uh, whenever you gain life, you may pay one colorless. If you do, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control, and those creatures gain trample until end of turn. Ugh. Pretty solid. It is so pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. Just there's a lot you can do in uh, Golgari, but primarily, like it's it, it's still a little uh, a, a a little uh, samey samey in which it always deals with uh, the graveyard or whatnot and. And with that card, at least, uh, it, it it adds a little bit more flavor to it, where it give, gives the uh, life link and all that and deals with gaining life and such. Uh, Strixhaven definitely helped uh, with the uh, enemy colors, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it took um, each color into a different direction than it normally did, except the red-headed stepchild that needs to just go away. You're just <laughs> is it. You're just is it. Is it. You, you, you know is it. Is it? Like, is it. Is it. Um, <laughs> yep, is. Oh, uh, yeah, um, but... My my favorite card actually comes from Ikoria. Uh one of one of my favorite sets and just adds a whole bunch of neat cards for three color and all that, but the card that I'm going to mention is Fiend Artisan. So it's either one black or one green, one black or one green, so Golgari Golgari, uh two mana value, uh for a one one nightmare. Uh, Fiend Artisan gets plus one, plus one for each creature card in your graveyard. And then you can tap it and pay X and Golgari to uh, search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost X or less. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. And you can activate it only as a sorcery. So basically, a better birthing bot pod, and I see I saw this card, and I instantly fell in love with it. Now, I usually don't play Golgari, cause I I mean I should be, cause I like I like playing around with my graveyard and such. So I'm surprised I haven't built a Golgari deck yet. But it's it's definitely nice to have a little more. Uh, compatibility with uh, Dax and which you you just need to have creatures and you can search out any creature you need for it and then it basically just feels itself when you uh, sacrifice those creatures as well yeah you've fallen into the green blue trap before you touch the glorious green black 
Green blue is nice <laughs> Yeah, I think Algari is a really sweet color. I think we it is, all made it is some definitely good. very good mentions here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I'll save the threat assessment for the end because that was kind of awkward trying to like threat assess like Boros. Um, I think it's about like we'll talk about it at the end. See. Yeah, we which... can talk about it a little later. Yeah, just to get things going. Um. So, we're going to keep going in the order on my screen. So, Ian, what color pair do you want to go with? Ooh. Um. Let's see. Aberrant colors. Um. We talked about Boros. We talked about Golgari. What does that leave? Is it Simic and... Orzov. Orzov. Ooh. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with Simic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Simic. Simic is actually my favorite color pair. Um, yes. Join us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it took me years to come around to Simic after playing Magic for so long, but when I discovered it, I, I haven't looked back. Uh, maybe some of these other color pairs I haven't played yet might win me over someday, but right now it's Simic. I've got my heart. Uh, <laughs> the, the card I want to mention that won me over is called Tatiova, Benthic Druid. Um, she's a 5 CMC legendary Merfolk Druid. She's a 3-3. Three, three. Uh, costs 3 colorless, a blue, and a green. Um, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life and draw a card. And this card changed my way of how I view deck building. I built an entire landfall deck around this where it's just value generating engine play, play land ramp spells and fill my hand. It's awesome. And gain mm. life on top of that. It's very solid. I love Tatio. It is yeah. a very, very solid commander and definitely popular amongst people who play Simic. And she's only an uncommon, so she's a, a very budget commander. Um, I I actually played a game not too long ago. I drew 51 cards off my deck. Wow. Yeah? That's Jeez. a lot in one game. That is a lot. Especially for commander. Yeah. That's bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember what turn it was when you started popping off? Uh, I don't. I don't remember. Oh. But usually, if I get her out on turn five or whatever, because she costs five mana, unless I get like an early soul ring or something. But as long as no one destroys her next turn around, usually I can go off if I have some land ramp in my hand. Mm-hmm. Very solid card. Very solid card indeed. Uh, I think uh, I'll take the ball on the next one. And, of course, I have to mention my new pet Simic deck. For its absurdity that it is. Um, which is uh, Moretz of the Frost. Uh, two colorless. One green, double blue, so five mana. 
Uh, legendary snow creature shapeshifter. It also is a changeling. Um, oh, that dude. I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> you may have Moret of the Frost enter the battlefield as a copy of a permanent you control, except it's legendary and mm. snow in addition to its other types. And if it's a creature, it gains two additional 1-1 one -one counters and has changeling. Uh, I just, ever since this card was spoiled in Kaldheim, I looked at this card and, like, it can be, like, an extra resource. It could be a better version of a creature you have. Mm -hmm. It's just, it can be whatever the heck you need it to be. And I think that's a very good commander. Um... I'm generally not on board with Simic getting really good cards, but this was a really good card. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, a little strange how it plays, but it's it feels very Simic to me, too. If you want to talk about good cards, let's talk about Uro. Oh my gosh. Gross. <laughs> I played Standard when that was legal. Ew. <laughs> oh. oh, man. He's a good one too, but yeah, yeah Moret. But yeah, more. Uro mm. <laughs> is my interchangeable commander, so sometimes I'll swap out Tatiava with Uro, and the deck still works just as well. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. With more, with more yet. Uh, funny thing, because it actually does actually. Uh, I personally think it fits better in the ninety nine. Speaking that, you you can throw it in a five-color dragon deck and basically combo off with uh, Bladewing. <laughs> don't don't mind don't mind me just talking about combos here. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> you know. We're trying to be casual here, and you just mentioned a It is casual. Combo. That is a lot of mana no, that to is pump a into that. CDH combo, Jonathan. That's why Tiamat is, is CDH. Is that CDH? Because that yes, is definitely is. not CDH. No, it that is. That is not CDH. Tiamat with Bladewing and Moret, that's a CEDH combo. Because you grab huh. Bladewing, Moret, and then you have Terror the Peaks in play, and everyone dies. <laughs> it's literally a CEDH Basically. game. Like, it's being played in competitive. <laughs> I wish I was joking, but no. It's huh. a literal CEDH combo. <laughs> kind of funny because like I've been I've been seeing people try to pull Tiamat off but I don't think it's really all that fast I mean yeah it's definitely a <sighs> that is a lot of mana unless you you're doing some CEDH thing it I mean it is CEDH have you seen their mana base I watched a playgroup that they were playing quote-unquote fast, and one of the players cast Tevash Sot turn one without Yeah, no, I mean, I know, I know that, yeah, because if <laughs> people can cast Tevash Zot for that, 
But without it's us. <laughs> that is only one color, though. Yeah. Whereas Tiamat, you can probably try and fix up your mana by turn three or four. If you can cast something like Tepest Shazat, turn one, I'm pretty sure Tiamat is on the lower tier of competitive, but. I think Still. if you had the most dreamiest of hands, I know how to cast Tiamat turn one. <laughs> it would require a if lot, you, but I know how it, to do it. <laughs> it re Yeah, see, it requires a lot, and you've got to have the dream hand. Yeah. That's the like, one thing. Yeah. That's kind of what that guy had was a pretty big dream hand, and I was like, wow. If uh, anybody wants to know what that was, um, you should go check out I Hate Your Deck, because that was an episode. It happened. It was cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. You should watch that whole game. Good good show as well. <laughs> uh, not, not too bad. So, uh, I mentioned Moret, uh, Ian mentioned Tetiova slash Uro, uh, Jonathan... Bring up Kayla's saltiest card, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, this some it's it's a card that I definitely fell in love with the second it got spoiled. Uh Kuma Cosmos Serpent. And Kayla disconnected. <laughs> and Kayla disconnected. <laughs> nope, I'm out of here. It's one of my favorite uh decks I've ever built. So Kuma Cosmos Serpent is a legendary serpent creature for three colorless, two blue, two green, for six six. It cannot be countered. At the beginning of each upkeep, create a three three blue serpent creature token named Coma's Coil. Each Sac upkeep. Yeah, each upkeep. Yes. Uh, sacrifice another serpent. Uh, are you sacrifice another serpent to choose? one of its activated abilities tap target permanent its activated abilities can't be activated this turn and coma and the other one is coma gains indestructible until end of turn basically it sums up what green is definitely a lot of creature uh plays just like with all that and it also has its big old green buffs buffness and indestructibleness then it also can uh help uh control the board with its tapping i just i it, it's something about coma that i instantly fell in love with and just i mean yes it was definitely a a standard card that people loved playing but it's really not all that bad coma alone is not that bad <laughs> Hashtag confirmed. Jonathan loves stacks. <laughs> I don't love stacks. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's uh, it is a big old serpent that just happens to have stacks. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So, Jonathan, I've got to ask you, so, since you are a Coma player, uh -huh. if you put Illusionist Bracers on Coma and you activate its effect, do you get it twice? So, if, like, you were going to tap down a permanent, would you get a copy mm -hmm. to tap down another permanent then? 
Um, I uh, illusion. Uh, I've got to look up illusionist bracers here real quick because it, it activated abilities, isn't it? Yeah, it copies activated ability without like as long as it's equipped. Yeah, as long as it's equipped. So and yeah. that's an activated, right? It is an activated, so yeah. Oh, oh my god. Well, you copy that ability, so yeah, you can tap down two with that, or have it gain indestructible twice, but why would you want that? Yeah. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. You know what's also really funny? Is mm -hmm. the Illusionist Bracers thing. Uh, that used to be a bulk rare. I have, like, a playset, one foil. It's seven dollars now. <laughs> I don't know why. People started it's realizing so that Illusionist bl Bracers is really good. I'm like, I knew this mm -hmm. all along when I saw it printed. <laughs> Back in, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Gate Crash. Yep, Gate Crash. I was thinking Return Ravnica, and I was like, nope, that symbol is Gate Crash. I'm not even looking at the card, I just know it, because I play it that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, with the Calma Salt aside, hey, Kayla, what's your favorite Quandrix card? Quandrix? Um, I got a couple, but I think I'm gonna go with Hydroid Crassus. Oh, that's a great Quandrix Ooh. card, actually. I expected <laughs> that more for Quandrix than what we got. True. Yeah. It is a Hydra Beast Jellyfish, so of course it's got an X cost in it. Um, and then mm -hmm. it's also green and one blue. It's zero zero. Whenever, or sorry, when you cast this spell, you gain half X life and draw half X cards round down each time. It's got flying and trample, and it enters battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. I remember when that was in standard. It was like the hot sauce. That yeah. card is like seven dollars now. When it was in standard, it was forty. Yeah, I'm guessing nobody in modern wants to even try to play it. <laughs> I mean, it's good, but I don't think it's game breaking. But it is value generating, though. Yeah, it is. Def it definitely sums up. Uh, again, what they originally wanted to do with uh, Simic, just big ol' at plus one, plus one counters and drawing cards and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I love Hydroid Crassus. That was a good card. It is a, it is a nice card. I liked the Evolve mechanic from the original uh, Return to Ravnica. The original yeah. Return the, uh, <laughs> From the second, Return the, to Ravnica. The first Return, not the second. Which was whenever a larger creature entered the battlefield, if something had evolved, you'd put a plus one plus one counter on it. Um, yeah. That was a really nice mechanic. I wasn't so much of a fan of the. Graft. What was the. Graft? What? Graft? 
No, first. the other one. The, the second time they went back to Ravnica. Oh, was, the adapt. Adapt. I wasn't so much of a fan of adapt. Yeah, I. There were some new mechanics at the new guilds that were okay. I think Simic was one of those ones that was okay. It wasn't game breaking, which was nice, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it was very eh. Just kind of like Izzet's uh, jump start was pretty good, but also I'm exiling my spell. It, it, jump start, I don't think, was a good mechanic. <laughs> I didn't like it. Yeah, it was. It's good in like standard and maybe modern, but like oh. in commander, no, I'm mm. not playing jumpstart cards. I mean, just a flashback, and it's just a flashback because you don't even get an additional. You have to discard a card and then cast it, so it's like you get double hit on it. I guess it's yeah. good if you're doing like madness. I guess that'd be kind of interesting. Grixis madness. It could work with madness. Start. Yeah, mm. that actually could be a really solid deck. Hmm. Just need the right cards. Big brain, big brain plays right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, True. So, I guess so. We've gotten Golgari, Simic, and Boros all the way. Mm-hmm. And everybody else has had a uh, a chance to pick, and now it's my turn to pick. Um, yeah. I guess I'll pick the not bad one. The not bad one. Which uh, I'm going to pick wow. yours off, slash uh, mm, Silver Quill. Sorry, it was escaping me. <laughs> um... I have much respect for Silver Quill and what they did for Orsoff. Are those big guys? Yeah. Um, specifically, I'm going to mention the politics king of Shadrick Silver Quill. Three colorless, white and a black, legendary creature, Elder Dragon, two five, flying double strike. And has this uh, passive effect of at the beginning of um, combat on your turn, you may choose to. Each mode must target a different player. I guess it's not really like uh, it's a static ability. So it's like a triggered ability, so you could static mm-hmm. uh, res- a sonic resonator it if you want to, or lithoform. They. Um, but you get these three modes. First one, target player creates a 2-1 white and black inkling creature token with flying. Target player draws a card and loses a life. Or target player puts a 1-1 counter on each creature they control. So you could be like, hey, you look like uh, you have an open board over there and I want to draw a card. I'm going to give you a creature, mm-hmm. and I'm going to draw a card. It's the greatest politic tool that Orzhov has ever gotten. And I think them having a political play style is perfect for white-black. 
And I would love it definitely to see is it go a good in that direction more. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would, you would think Orzover would originally have something like that, but apparently, apparently, it hasn't happened until uh, Silver Quill appeared and did its thing. You know, Chris, I'm surprised you didn't say Death Pact Angel. <laughs> I frown when you said that. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, I love that art. That is my favorite old-time art. But the card itself is pretty trash. <laughs> In all aspects. It's gorgeous. Which, I love the which art. One? Uh, Death Pact Angel from Gate Crash. It's a mythic. <laughs> it's pretty. For a mythic, it's pretty horrid. It yeah. might as well have been an uncommon with the effect it had. Well, you gotta have your trash mythics every now and again, I suppose. Hey, it's like trash waifus, you know? Trash oh, wife. She's right up there. I, I love her to death, but I'll never include her in a deck. <laughs> oh. It is, yeah, like, oh. I don't know. Why is that a mythic? Hey, Ian, why don't you read it so her <laughs> listeners can hear about my sadness? Okay, so. I'm just gonna give you the basics. It, for starters, it's six mana for five, five. Five, uh, angel, right? That horrid death pact angel. Okay, I'll just I'll just start over. Okay. I don't I went very far. Let me yeah. know when. Oh, uh, right. just uh, let everybody know we're kind of re-talking about it because Discord had a flicker, I guess, because my internet didn't go down, but it had a hiccup and audio and everything froze for me on my end, but my computer was still running and I was still getting my video. Anyway, Ian, take it away. Yeah, so Death Pact Angel. Uh, it's a 5-5 five, five flying angel for 6 mana, 2 black, 1 white, and 3 colorless. Uh, and that's it. It's a 5-5 five, five flying for 6. How exciting. Um, however, when it dies... Put a 1-1 one, one white and black cleric creature token on the battlefield. So exciting. It has pay 3, a white, and 2 black. Tap. Sacrifice this creature. Return a card named Death Pact Angel from your graveyard to the battlefield. So, it gives itself a way to come back, but... I don't think it's even a good way to come back is like it has to wait like a full turn before you can even tap and sacrifice that little cleric dude so well, it kind yeah. of, in in death pact angels defense it is definitely an aristocratic deck in which more or, or a uh, aristocratic card which orzov really definitely was or was before uh uh strixhaven um, basically, in white-black, you want to essentially have a lot of sack outlet. So it's essentially, at the end of your opponent's turn before you go, 
you get Sack Death Pact Angel, so you can activate the cleric again. So, uh -huh. like, if you have a card that says Sack this creature to have a, po a target opponent lose X life where it's the power or something or whatnot, I, that's the only way I can see it being played, but yeah. it definitely has its aristocratic flavor. Definitely not the best uh, mythic, but so it, it has its place, I guess. <laughs> I will have to say my reason for the gripe even more was this is the set that followed original Indistrad. And Grave oh. Crawler was already a thing. Yeah. So we so already have the best seen... sack to crack card. Why would you ever go for Death Pact? Like, there are so many yeah, already so like great in, reanimators. In its defense. <laughs> but... The poor Death Pact Angel. A rare was better than it. From two oh, sets. A rare ago. was better than it. Uh, no, not two. Uh, it would have been like three sets prior. A rare was better than what it was. Because you have to pay six to reanimate it too. It's like yeah. 12 mana to get one. What was it? Five? Five? Ian? Yeah, it's a 5-5 five, five flyer. 12 mana for a 5-5 five, five reoccurring flyer sounds <laughs> 12 <terrible>. mana for 5-5 <laughs> five, five coming in twice. Uh. Yeah, it's a feel-bad card for sure. Uh, for Wizards, if you're listening to our podcast, don't print bad mythics. <laughs> They're not going to admit it, but opening packs, it's definitely gambling. They're not going to admit it, but it's definitely gambling. You have to have your trash mythics. Or your I mean, trash mythics. I can see a rare, but not, not a mythic. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's a good mythic. It's not a good mythic, definitely not the best. You want but... to see some bad rares and mythics? Go look at Dragon's Maze. It's oh. full of trash. Like, there's a few, oh. few good gems, like Ral Zarek and Master of Cruelties, but, like, you look at the rest of that set, you're just like, uh I could say that because I opened that box and ripped, like, $20 in value in rares at most. Because there wasn't even shocks in the in that set. Oh. It was It was bad. <laughs> Can you guys remember the first mythic you ever opened? Uh, yes. My depression sinks in when you ask me. <laughs> oh no. Uh. Hey, Jonathan, why don't you go on with your next card? Okay. Now All right. Well, <laughs> oh, I got, I got mine. I, I want to share. Okay. My first mythic I opened was a Sauron Markov from the original Zendikar. Ooh. Yeah. When did they start Mythics? Uh, Alora. Literally, okay. Alora was when Mythics started happening. I think yeah. mine was Malfagor then, probably. Yeah. That's not I can't right. I can't remember mine. Because, like... 
It's so been a while. Classic. Mine's been a while. Mine's been uh like my first high my first like college year a long time ago. It was such a momentous occasion though. Yeah. Like the first time I opened a pack, it was back in cons. I can remember the set. <laughs> hmm. I can at least remember the first pack I've opened, but or well, the first set I should say, not exactly the first pack, but well, it was back in cons. But pack I opened was onslaught. Makes me feel old. That's a fun set. Mine was Shadowmore. Was my first pack. Huh. Interesting. Oh dang! Am I the old one? I <laughs> In the same block as Onslaught, first pack was Legions. Huh. Huh. <laughs> nice. And then Scourge came out, the third set in that block, and I, I bought my first ever booster box. Dang. Nice. Some good old times here. My first Mythic was my most depressing, which was my Liliana the Veil that I got really ripped off on because I didn't have oh. values and some oh, guy no. really... Oh, did you trade it? Yeah, he sh he really underhanded me too, which was even worse. Oh, like he rip. completely screwed me. Like I should have known better. <laughs> I thought he was like a friend I could trust, and uh, he didn't even give me the trade that I traded for, which what? is my mistake, uh, and that's where like some of my trading mis issues come from. <laughs> Oof. So I learned my lesson because I was like, okay, if you're not going to give me the trade, I want my Liliana back. And he's like, oh, I sold it because I sold my entire set of Indistrad and I was just missing Liliana. So I sold it. I'm sorry, I can't give it to you. And I'm like, are you serious? Uh... <laughs> so I had trust issues after that. <laughs> I don't blame you. Understandable. Her. So, anyway, moving on. Jonathan, anyway, Orzov. Orzov. So, my card, uh, I'm going to mention, because I, I wanted to try and get this to work for a really long time, but it just... To me, it didn't have its place in Commander, unfortunately. Uh, and that card is Luris of the Dream Den. For one colorless Orzov Orzov, uh, companion, uh, or it's a companion, 3-2 Cat Nightmare. Uh, each permanent card in your starting deck has converted mana cost two or less, but it's got lifelink, and during each of your turns, you may cast one permanent spell with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard. So, yeah, it's... Have you tried playing it, as a commander or as a companion? Uh, I really wanted to run it as a companion. That was my problem. Like, so why are you the commander? I might want the commander. Definitely has a more well. The commander itself, I like 
Again, there's definitely more aristocraty sort of thing, but it's, uh... I wanted to go more cat tribal with this, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> That's where that my was, problem lies. You should have known. That was my first <laughs> mistake. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely a really good car to... to poor, poor Luris got banned in like half of the formats and... It's the reason why compared I mean, it's under it's errata because of Luris. Yeah, <laughs> basically the reason why it's got its errata and it's, but but commander it really doesn't work all too well as a commander. But the ninety nine definitely. But have you tried the Mardu thing with uh it as a companion? How'd that go? I know you were thinking about it. I was thinking about it. There's definitely a better recursion for that. Because, like, if it's, like, once a turn... I mean, definitely... Like, there's definitely better cards, in my opinion. Just, uh... Gift of Immortality, for one. But... Luris st still stands to be, like, one of my favorite companions. Now you can play yours. <laughs> wow. Oh, now if I only can. I can't play Lutri. You you got, definitely can't didn't play Lutri at five all. Seconds before it got banned. <laughs> it didn't the set didn't even come out and it got banned. Yep. <laughs> It's like, they should just ban it as being a companion, but let it be in the format. I don't see why it had to get straight up hard banned like it did. Yeah. <sighs> why we should have split ban lists like we did in early days of Commander, where we had banned as commanders, but you could have it in the 99, or just straight up. Right. Banned. They should just go back to that right. because of how many cards there are now. There's some things that right. are okay and some things that are not. Like, Golos being in a 99 is probably more fair than being in the command zone, and he'd probably be okay. Fair enough. He was okay in the beginning, but we'll, we won't go into that. We've already gone <laughs> yeah, over that. we have. Anyway, uh, hey, Kayla, what do you got? Hey. Um, I'm going with Tasa Karlov. Ooh. So she is two colorless, one white, one black. Legendary human advisor. She is a 2-4. If a creature dying causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. And creature tokens you control have vigilance and lifelink. Oh, I was just hanging out the card. I didn't know it said creature tokens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not Orzhov Scion, but the, <laughs> the... The the one that actually has her name. The, um... Let's say... The second expansion, Tesa of Ravnica. Because the first expansion yeah. was Envoy of Ghosts, and then the first one was Tela. Taza, <clears throat> yeah. Taza, 
Scion of Orzhov. Or Orzhov Scion, one of the two. I'm not looking at the card. <laughs> yeah, that Orzhov Scion? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Taza Karloff is really good. Solemn Simulacrum drawing you two cards? Mm-hmm. Right? Very good. <laughs> it, it's very nice. And then, like, a card, like, Open the Graves. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, create a 2-2 two -two black zombie creature token tapped. Two? It's Death Amonicon. Right. <laughs> it's, it's Death Amonicon, for sure. Doubling up those death triggers can really add up, especially with uh, a certain dragon that Kayla likes that's an evening star. What was that one? Hmm. Uh, God, I don't remember the name. <laughs> Koshoko. Koshoko, yeah. Drain everybody for 10 and you gain that much life? Mm -hmm. That's 30 life gain. <laughs> right. Also, Skull Clamp draws you four cards, not two. Very good. That is a very excellent Orzhov card. That is a very good Orzhov card. More, definitely a, a classic as well. Yeah. Speaking of classics, I got a card. Oh. For, for my choice, um, nothing particularly fancy about this card, but it's memorable. Just because it's so unique. And that card is Obzidat Ghost Council. Oh my god. Uh, it is a legendary creature, spirit advisor. Um, it costs one colorless, two white, two black. It's a 5-5. Five, five. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, target opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. At the beginning of your end step, you may exile Obzidat. If you do, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of your next upkeep, and it gains haste. Mm-hmm. See, that's mythic quality right there. From that's the same mythic set, quality for Death Pact. From the same set as Death Pact Angel. <laughs> That's a... <laughs> um, yeah, this card is just memorable to me because just it you can just have it vanish when it's not your turn. Right. And like it's it's safe from sorcery board wipe or sorcery kill spell, whatever have you. And then mm -hmm. just come back with haste and you can attack again and you get that two life swing each time it comes back into play. Right. Wait, was this the silver quill idea before silver quill was a thing? <laughs> could pretty well be maybe because that was an aggressive like style of play hmm oh yeah hmm <laughs> that's interesting I like that one that was a classic I remember drafting that oh my gosh the memories from Open <laughs> eh, I can't speak <laughs> I, uh, back in uh, the second Ravnica set around, 
I had every one of the lords of each of the guilds, and I was playing a five-color gate deck, and I had all the rings that give it counters based on its color. So, like, ring of mm-hmm. col- uh, colony or colonia or whatever. It's uh, If it's green, you get a counter, and then it gains trample if it's green. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, well, each equipped creature gets trample. It doesn't have to be green, but if it's green, it gets a counter. So I called it the Legends of the Five Rings deck, because I had all the rings in there, and they were all legendary creatures in my deck. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was actually really powerful, like... I actually won a lot of games, and it was a lot of junk, and it somehow won a lot. <laughs> nice! With Niv-Mizzet Draco Genius. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Uh, the worst Niv-Mizzet doing things. Uh, good times. Well, that, technically, that's, that's not the worst Niv-Mizzet nowadays. <laughs> No, Draco Genius is the worst Niv Mizzet. <laughs> uh, Niv Mizzet Reborn, I'd argue, no. is worse. No. The three blue, three, which one's the three blue, three red? Uh, that's Perun. Um, I guess without further ado, we should just go. Is it? Oh, we're already talking about Niv Mizzet. Yeah, we gotta gotta talk about some crazy things. chaos. Uh, Prismari is basically is it? You can't change my mind. Uh, flavor fail, kinda. I was really hoping for something more unique than just more spell slinging, spell slinging. It's Strixhaven. What would you expect? <laughs> Enchantment. of mages. Like, runes. Like, you know... The rune thing we got from Coldheim. They could have had the Prismari be like enchantment mages that make their sculptures come to life instead of it just being a token. Just be like, I cast this enchantment and now it's my living creature. You know, kind of like I mean, it would be nice, but you you know people like big splashy spells, so. They could have been like big splashy good enchantments and is it colors like yeah that really could have been something cool. Really that was the could have only Strixhaven thing of the schools that didn't have a systematic change from what the color used to do. Yeah, that's why I was very disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I it, it's nice to have a change from, like, is it being small spells and getting tons of value from it to big spells and trying to ramp into that, but... But even so, like, they've always had, like, big bomb spells, like, uh, Epic Experiment, Firemind's Insight, which is seven mana. Yeah. It's just, like... <sighs> I could have yeah. done for is it not being spell slinger again? So I kind of creatures would go in a blue red 
if it weren't going to be so spell heavy. I liked that new, um, the like the giant wizards they brought. That was interesting. Yeah, um, from Call Time, uh, giant tribal was actually very big. See, like that was cool. I liked that. It wasn't spell slayer. It was just yeah. big dog well, creatures. I mean, giants. <laughs> the giants were wizards, so it's it's definitely makes sense for them to be casting spells. So. But it wasn't like Spellslinger, though, generally. It was still, like, kind of a giant tribal, which is cool. More or less. More or less. Uh, so who wants to take the first swing at Is it? I'll go ahead and go and mention your favorite Planeswalker, Chris. Ooh, which one? Uh, Dak Faden. <laughs> the, oh. the unfortunate death of Dak Faden. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, Dak Faden, uh, is a three loyalty planeswalker for one colorless, one blue, one red. Uh, his plus one is target player draws two cards, then discards two cards. Its minus two is gain control of target artifact. And then his minus six is you get an emblem with whenever you cast a spell that targets one from one or more permanents, gain control of those permanents. It definitely has its is it is it flavor where it's got its artifacts and such, and it's got its card draw and and it definitely does have a payoff where it's like oh hey if you're targeting something with a spell, definitely it's. It, it definitely is a, a really good card. Its price definitely says it. Oh, yeah. For sure. Although how although it has gone down recently. Yep. Yeah. I remember pulling my deck Faden out of an Eternal Masters and pulled a Foil Wrath of God with it. Ooh. Oh. Mm. Ooh. That was a pack. Mm. That was That's a passing day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kayla, is it? Uh, it is. Ian? It, I don't know, Kayla. I can't two? believe you. Two? <laughs> I got two cards I want to talk about. Oh. Oh. So the first is the Locust God. Oh no. no. <laughs> he is a 4 4 flying legendary god for four colorless, a blue, and a red. Um, he's got this nasty looking giant locust thing on the image. Um, kind of scary. Kind of like that movie Ants with the, the bad guy grasshopper that led the pack. Oh, Bugs. Yeah, life. that guy was hot. Bugs. Yeah, life. he kind of reminds me of that, uh, oh, that grasshopper. <laughs> Anyways, uh, four four flying. Whenever you draw a card, create a one one blue and red insect creature token with flying and haste. How good of value is that? But on top of that, you can pay four, which is a blue, a red, and two colorless. Draw a card, then discard a card. So you get a little loot effect built into him. Um, and when he dies, return it to the, its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So very hard to kill, and I just love being able to produce, like, 1-1 one, one blue flying dudes with haste every time I draw a card. Talk about value generation. Uh, yeah. 
I remember playing this commander one time and I never touched it again. Why? This card definitely <laughs> screams the other half of Is It, which unfortunately is Wheels. Um, I didn't uh, even yeah. wheel. I didn't even wheel. Yeah, you didn't even wheel, but it's so. Uh, definitely yeah. somebody <laughs> across from you is looking at this and. They're probably thinking wheels. Yeah. Uh, Ian, look up Kindred Discovery. Oh, yeah, your second one? Yeah, so this is a new card from the new Midnight Hunt set. Oh. Um, I'm actually playing this on Arena right now in a Grixis deck I built. And that is Vadric, Astral Archmage. Um, he's a 1-2 legendary human wizard. For a colorless, a blue, and a red. Um, if it's neither day nor night, it becomes day as the heat enters the battlefield. Instant and sorcery spells I cast cost X less to cast, where X is Vadric's power. Whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, put a plus one plus one counter on Vadric. I thought you were going to like do a Green Lantern intro there for a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar. I, I know who Green Lantern is, but I don't oh, know that. Like the, they're like uh, their catchphrase is like something like, um, and uh, in the darkest of night, uh, something Green Lantern's light or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, something <laughs> like that. The motto. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's just the day lights, the day night cycle just makes me think of Green Lanterns. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, uh, I. I think it's a it's a good value card there. I, I enjoy him. I've I've seen him flip a few times with the well. He doesn't flip when the day and night flips. He'll get a counter. I've gotten up to like a three four playing arena, and so like all my all my spells I play just cost their base colored mana. Now, I definitely do like Vadric. So it's like the hilarious thing is if you're seeing somebody play werewolves across the table you definitely want to play this yeah uh, <laughs> it's a good one for werewolves it yeah. definitely is it's a counter <laughs> get the, it because he's werewolf counter <laughs> what card did you want me to look up uh kindred discovery this sounds familiar. Um, it's a blue enchantment with the locust god. It's a it's a win combo. Oh no! <laughs> I've done this. I know it. Yeah. I had a uh, the Jace that if you mill out, you win with Kinder Discovery and Locust God in play. I drew one card and drew my entire deck. You need to have this oh, and um, Laboratory Maniac out in play. Uh, yeah. A Jace that does Laboratory Maniac's effect. There's a newer Jace that does that. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. That's what I had in play when I did it. <laughs> Jonathan. Uh, too, bad that say, too bad to say you made Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Like, what? That card got really expensive. What is yeah. it sitting at now? Um, well, it's been printed on the list, so it's gone down a little bit, I'm guessing. No. Um, the list card is 2183. <laughs> Five drop enchantment. 
hype drop enchant. It is really good. It is really good. Like, like I'm looking at this and it's screaming coma to me. I'm no. sorry. No. Oh God. No. Serpents. 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 Well. If we're gonna continue going in this order, Kayla, what's your favorite? Is it card? Um, I was gonna mention Dak Faden because that's my husband's favorite, and he Ha-ha, cries over. I it from you. Aha! He literally <laughs> cries every day that Dak Faden is gone. <laughs> um, so I'll mention a favorite that we both have, which is the Royal Scions. Oh. Mm. Um, they are legendary planeswalker Will and Rowan. They oh. got one and one blue and one red. Uh, they come in with five loyalty. They got a plus one ability: draw a card, then discard a card. They also have another plus one ability: target creature gets plus two, plus zero, and gains first strike and trample until end of turn. And then their minus eight is draw four cards. When you do, the Royal Scions deals damage to any target equal to the number of cards in your hand. Nasty. Ah. Good utility, Planeswalker, though. Yep. I never Definitely a good utility, Planeswalker, for sure. The first thing that catches my attention with this card is... Five loyalty for three mana. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so Yeah. Good. It Spice. is definitely good. Uh, back in the days of Oko, too. Ah. True. <laughs> and Uro. And, well... Because Uro well, came out Uro literally the same right after. after. But... <laughs> uh, adventure... Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that contract sure. between the red and blue is really nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's it really is. That's a pretty card. It really is a pretty card. Yeah, I like it. Get my hands on one. I don't actually have a royal royal science. Really? Yeah. There's a few <laughs> cards you don't have. I'm surprised you don't yeah. have. <laughs> yeah. More frog, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess it's up to me to share my one is it card, huh? Yeah, it is. I suppose so. Is it? it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I promised I wouldn't share a typical is it build, so this is a future deck I'm gonna do for this commander. This is what Prismari should have been. Uh, I'm going to call out Jora Weatherlight Captain. Uh Two colors. uh, Red and a blue. uh, Legendary creature Artificer 3-3. Whenever you cast a historic spell, draw a card. Uh... When I saw this, and I was thinking about my is it enchantment build I want to do, Jora is perfect. Uh, legendaries and sagas let you draw cards. 
and we have a bit of sagas not a lot but there is also the legendary thing which lets me run the theros enchantment legends slash gods and bam enchantment tribal <laughs> oh goodness uh, that so, yeah. that definitely does sound like a fun deck. Drawing cards from playing enchantments and enchantress sure. build without playing white or green. Oh, that that definitely does sound fun. But the I'm looking at Jora and uh, <laughs> definitely does look like it might. It actually could have probably been something like that, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Enchantment in is it just kind of feels weird to me. That's why it would be good. It should just do like chaotic things, right? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm a fan of the other version of Jora, oh. which is Jora of the Gitu. Um, she only costs three mana, blue or red, and one colorless. She's a two-two human wizard. Uh, you can pay two colorless, exile non-land card from your hand, put four time counters on the exiled card. If it doesn't have suspend, it gains suspend. I do love my Jora. That's my You pack. do love your That's my pet yeah. deck. <laughs> I didn't want to mention yeah. it, but thank you, Ian. That is my pet deck. <laughs> uh. That was my second um, commander deck I ever built. My first Whoa. one was Teza Orzov Sion. Mm. And that was mm -hmm. back in my junior year of high school. No, sophomore. Sophomore year in high school, I built a commander deck. So uh, that that a that long like, time ago. That now, was like 2008-2009 time frame. Wow. <laughs> Dang. That was nearly 40 years ago. Oh, 40 gosh. years old man. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I have a beard. <laughs> oh, but yeah. I think we've covered all the colors pretty well. I think we all understand these. Now, if you yeah. were to sit at a table, which one are you going to kill first? And which one are you Simic. not going to worry about? Hmm? I'd kill Simic first. Yeah, I'd kill Simic. Yeah. Simic or is it? Yeah, yeah. Simic definitely mm. does have its power. I agree um, with Kayla. I personally <laughs> would at least keep an eye on Orzov. Orzov, if you let it sit for too long, it does do its aristocratic thing. Yeah, but like, True. aristocrats versus the like, value engine that's just going to town. <laughs> like, what's worse? I think the yeah. value engine is worse than aristocrats because you know what they're doing and you could maybe control it if you need to, but that Simic deck can blow up out of nowhere and win the game. Same yeah, with the guy, is it? definitely can. Is it the same way? where they can blow up and win the game out of nowhere, but it's usually a turn setup, and you'll know it's coming. Um, yeah. Like, okay, they didn't cast anything last turn, and they have a full grip of cards. Hmm. They yeah, so it's either they're sitting on a whole bunch of counters, 
or they're about to win the game. So it's uh -huh. just that's the one thing that you've got to be careful about with isn't there. It's it it has its blue and it has its red, which means either they are controlling or they're about to win the game. It's kind of a little. It's kind of a toss-up with is it to see what they're doing, but Simic definitely you can see a mile away, so it's definitely Simic has its value that has ramp, and then Boros actually is an aggro de uh, deck, so I would also say Boros is also something to keep an eye on as well. Hmm. Yeah, Boros can hit hard and fast, but I think that's like known the moment I see a Boros deck. So yeah, I'm to so like, yeah, it's like an aggro deck. You definitely do need to keep your eye on. Otherwise, they're gonna be punching you fast, and they're gonna be punching you hard. Yeah, I feel like they kind of fizzle out pretty quickly, though. Unless yeah, they red and white definitely oh. does fizzle out pretty. fast. Fast, so it's Takes just one. Oh, that's board wipe. the one I'm ignoring. <laughs> yeah. One board, one board wipe. It yeah. resets Boros to turn one. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say with Simic, I'm not that afraid of board wipes as long as I have mana. Because like, if I have a full hand and lots of mana, I'm just gonna keep playing new creatures down. Like a board wipe doesn't affect me as much as it affects my the Boros so, player. I would agree. Yeah. Instance that like. Simic can recover after a board wipe, and Izzet can recover after a board wipe because Izzet doesn't you know, yeah. play creatures, so right. they're like yeah. the other color it recovers really fast out of nowhere. Like, oh, yeah, the definitely. only time Izzet is a problem where they're not doing anything is literally when you look at their hand and there's nothing and they have nothing right. in their graveyard, like they have nothing, nothing is it. You can actually just ignore them at that point. But, like, Simic, they yeah. can do whatever the heck they want. They can recur. They have control grip. I think Izzet is absolutely number one enemy out of these five. Is it? No, it's is Simic. It? Simic's or absolutely Simic. the more, more of an enemy than the Izzet deck. <laughs> yeah, Simic definitely, for sure. For sure. Um, so, with that in mind, you guys remember what we voted for last time for being the most worrisome color? Can we go for Gruel? Oh! Yeah, I think it was, like, a toss-up between Gruel and, like, uh, Slazia. We never really decided, um, I guess with the same constraints, which one recovers after a board wipe faster? Orzov. No, I meant, like, uh, what? between the ally colors, like, Slaness oh, and Gruul. between the ally colors. Oh, okay. Okay. Alright, they... Um... Because I'm kind of the... leaning towards Slanesia recovers faster from a board. Oh, yeah, that Definitely. Speaking that... They, they're focused more on, uh, token producing... Yeah, a lot of that, and a lot of that comes like from enchantments and stuff. So, like, yeah. even if you board wipe, the champs are going or the tokens are going to come back. Yeah, yeah. So I think like so like it's Slanesia versus Simic is like the big yeah. Threats, Slanesia right? versus. 
Yeah. And I think um, that actually is a hard fight, because, like, they're both big value decks. I guess it would kind of mm. turn into who goes off faster. Hmm. Pretty much. That's a hard one to call. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe uh, we'll see what people say in our messenger, and the next time we do a podcast, we'll try and see if we come to a consensus of which wins between Slanesia and Simic. Maybe we'll have to do a commander right? game where uh, we have that face-off. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But for this episode, I think we are touching up on the duality of the Aberrant. Yeah. So, this has been Chris. Bunch of cultists. <laughs> Ian, uh, no longer eating pizza. <laughs> no longer. <laughs> uh, Jonathan. And I guess this is the end. Yeah. We'll, Did we'll, we hear we'll... Kayla? I think she disappeared. Yeah. No, I spoke uh, at the same time as Ian. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and this has been Chris. And we are made in EDH, right? <laughs> Made in EDH, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and we will. Hopefully, you'll hear us next time. Sorry for the delay. Huh? I said it was fun. Yep, it was. (laughs) Yeah, for the third time. (laughs) And actually, um, as a little side note, hey Ian, uh, why don't you give them your uh, Twitch ID and? Kind of let them know that uh, Saturday nights we've been playing Magic, so if anybody wants to catch us on Twitch, they can. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was streaming our last game that we played on untap.n, and um, my Twitch handle, if you want to look us up, uh, well, it's my, my stream, but I'll stream our games. It's twitch.tv slash N-E-Z-Z-Z. V I R. So it's N as in Nancy, E, and then four Z's as in zebra, I R. All right. And you heard it from him. And um, hopefully, we'll catch some of you viewers to come see us. So until next time, uh, we will catch you then. Have a great evening. Bye. Bye. Bye.